This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing, and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've I spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle please get in touch with us on our facebook page follow us like us whatever it takes we would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as i know this industry is capable of hey gordon welcome back from your little break how's it going Oh, it's great. You know, it was uh, a trip down to the motherland for me, going down to KZN and Durban, and uh, quite sobering to see what uh, some of our colleagues and friends and family have been through down there. So, uh, yeah, you know, I think you come back from uh, something like that with a, a new appreciation of a warm bed and a dry house and, a, you know, and, and somewhere comfortable to stay. It was it was a very sobering experience. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sad, you know, Gordon. I mean, you know, we've all seen those images across via television or, or certainly online and, and so on. Yeah, that is scary. And I mean, just for a province that has been quite battered at, you know, you look at last year's riots, mm-hmm. you know, they took with Gauteng, but certainly took the brunt of it. Uh, now, you know, it's uh, nature. And so, yeah, it's been it's been tougher. But, you know, geez, I tell you, you, you look at the resilience, I guess, of South Africans, and we've been saying it, I mean, not us, but people have been saying it. But, you know, you get to a stage where you say, can we just have a lack of period? You know what I mean? Just a last period where our resilience isn't tested, you know, so. Um, absolutely, absolutely. And, and, you know, speaking of testing resilience, uh, um, of course, as always, Doug and I will remain above, uh, you know, the sort of undignified display of, of bias, but, I mean, uh, Sorry for the Liverpool guys who, who were celebrating their win, but just 15 minutes too early. How is that for resilience? Yeah. I, I must say, and I'm sure all the soccer fans have followed it, I enjoyed Pep Guardiola's comment when asked, you know, what did he say at halftime, you know, to, to get his side to pull back, you know, from, from a deficit. And he said, well, he phoned uh, Real Madrid for advice, you know, because he'd been through it himself two weeks yeah. before. So. Yeah. I love I love to see resilience in sportsmen. I love to see resilience in marketers, and I think in many respects that's the, that's the defining nature of South African marketers uh, and media professionals is resilience. Yeah, 
as you say, Gordon, tough, you know, environment to be in and also multifaceted, you know, and and changing and the dynamics are moving and so on and so on. And that leads us straight into today's discussion. So uh, we're excited to welcome Shanaz Nell, the group CEO now of Media Host. Uh, Shanaz, thanks very much for your time uh, to spend with us. And we're going to chat about media monitoring, but a whole lot of other stuff. So thanks very much for, for spending time with us. Um, thank you, Gordon. Thank you, Doug. Um, it's really an honor to be here. We're really excited. Um, obviously, it's an opportunity to speak about all of the new and wonderful things that um, myself, Shanaz now, and um, my new organization, Medios, is going through. Um, Medios itself has been around for many, many years. Um, and they are the leading um, advertising distribution company in South Africa. And I really mean advertising, I mean direct from agent to broadcaster. No, I mean, just before we get into that, Shanaz, let's take it a step back where you were the founder, uh, CEO, first black-owned media company monitoring 14 years ago, Pay. Let's talk about the journey of pay, uh, I guess, mixed feelings always with these things, you know, on one hand, a little sad to see one side, one door closing, but I mean, you're obviously excitement and the upside of um, your new role as Group CEO. So let's just take us a little bit of a, a, a sort of history lesson in terms of pay, the successes, and we're going to go into your new role now. Yes, definitely. I mean, like, uh, like you said, um, pay will always remain um, my baby. <laughs> um, and PA was started um, many years ago um, where myself, um, I come from a media and communications background and some of my business partners who had worked in the media monitoring industry for, for many years um, came together and said, you know, this can be done so much smarter using technology as a real vehicle um, for bringing stories back to our clients in real time. Um, I think, you know, the history of media monitoring, which is, is the core business of there was and is, um, it was to actually give back the information that our clients were putting out there into the media um, in a comprehensive, clear, concise way um, that really offered them insights into how do they engage with the media more effectively, when do they need to engage with the media, um, and also just build their brands and profiles and working with them. That was the, the essence of play, is that it's a customer-driven um, organization. It was building relationships with our customers, understanding their needs, understanding what they wanted to achieve. And, and I think that was the greatest success of me and, and to date is the greatest success of, of for me is that we really, really um, invest heavily into giving each customer um, an individual experience. Yeah, and I think, you know, just looking, yeah. uh, Gordon, I'm going to give you a chance, if you don't mind, just to, in terms of your the, the range of services that, that you offer at Pay, and I guess you're taking those into the new organization, it wasn't just the monitoring side. As you say, it was the, the consultation, the uh, facilitation, the working with, and I think that's the big thing, you know, 
being an ex sort of client and working you know, not just now with Gordon, but also with other media people. It's that trust relationship because it's such an expensive part of your of your arsenal. Excuse the pun, Gordon. That certainly wasn't planned. There you go. But a hell of a mandatory. You got to sneak it in. Gordon, you see, you know, in case you haven't followed the show, Gordon loves Arsenal. So, for, for the sake of full disclosure, but it's part of it. You know, you spend so much money and then trust that the things end up where they, they're supposed to end up, you know. Uh, and, and I guess that's where you need that closing. And, and Gordon and I have spoken at length on the show, Gordon, about a closer knit society between creative house, client, media house, digital house. PR house, all of those people come together because they all have an ultimate responsibility to deliver on what they agreed as a, as a, as a group. So yeah, sorry, Gordon, I interrupted you there. No, no, I think I was going to raise some of those points. Uh, and I think maybe what we, we need to do perhaps is just uh, let Chinas unpack some of those, those services, what monitoring is. And I think you know the obvious one you've mentioned is you know sort of forensic monitoring that you, know, you book I call it the six prawn theory. If you go to a restaurant and order six prawns and they bring you five, you're going to ask where the other one is. But we don't even apply those fundamental disciplines to media sometimes. But our notion is that it's gone way beyond that. So let, let's just hear from you a little bit about, about what monitoring in, uh, involves these days beyond just that forensic. Yeah. So, I mean, like the traditional aspect of media monitoring. So for your listeners, if they have ever engaged with a media monitor, I think that they'll understand the value of, you know, monitoring and measuring and analysis of what you, what you own. But in terms of um, what media monitoring is, it is the back end of um, the media conversation. So after you've gone and you've, um, you've created a media campaign or communications campaign, which has multiple layers from marketing to um, actual advertising campaigns. And then you have a communications team. And this team is responsible for actually speaking on behalf of the company in the free space of media. So advertising costs money. And then there's the free editorial space inside of media. So that is the part that media monitoring um, has uh, has significant place to play. because all media, all communication has a value. It doesn't only have an, an influential value, but it has a monetary value as well. So we work with clients to understand what is that, what is the intention of the messages and how how and where they're sending it out to. And then they have the, um, the value that if they place an ad in that same space, how much would it have actually cost them? Brand value, dollar value, of actually spending that money and is the value equal to or worse off so if you have if you can control the narrative and you have a press release and the press release is positive and speaks highly of your brand great that is exactly where you want to be but we all know especially in today's market that specifically on social media that is one of the, the mediums that we monitor um so we monitor traditional media spaces like print media, publications, newspapers, magazines, and then traditional broadcast, which is radio and television. And then we have social media, the beast, you know, the global beast. This is the, the space that most people are trying to gain um, traction in. That's the space currently where people are like, 
we need to be in here and we need to control the conversation that happens on social media because if if something goes wrong, it's like wildfire. Um, and then there was a digital media, which is like uh, newspapers, online newspapers, blogs, posts, podcasts, all of these spaces where people are speaking about, potentially speaking about your brand. So that was the traditional media monitoring aspect of, of pay. And through this merge, this new and exciting merge, it just, it, it was like, when, when we started the conversation, it was like just pure synergy. It just made sense. It happened and we realized that this media host and pair, um, by coming together, we're not only giving people a part of the conversation, we're giving them the entire journey. We're from, from inception at the marketing level to you know what your audience is doing and acting and reacting to. Um, so when I say from the beginning, we work with media um, um, advertising agency, advertising agencies, and we work with their creative agencies who are responsible for developing the um, beautiful advertisement that you see everywhere. Um, I don't know if everybody agrees with whether advertising is beautiful, but um, it, from the moment that idea pops up. We then receive that asset, which we call the physical asset, and that asset goes into our system and we capture a whole lot of data and information about this. And then we, we pass it on and we pass it to the broadcaster on behalf of the agency. So if you can imagine that um, information is deliberate. It's deliberate, intentional information that you are sending out. And so we want to make sure that um, the client is receiving, the client is satisfied that the quality of the advertisement that they put out is of the, of, to, to meet the standards of the broadcasting agent with, or the print agent. We also do print as well. But it's to give them a complete experience. So once we have that information and we understand what the intention is through advertising, and we bring along the editorial content and we match it up and we say, over this period, this is how much you have spent. And this is how your advertising has converted to editorial coverage as well. So it's like, it's just the, the conversation that everybody wants to be able to control, manage, interpret, and just become better at what they're doing. Yeah, that's that's great. And, and I think Shiraz, now, you know, listening to what you're saying, you're taking, obviously, your peer experience over the period into your media host. Plus, you've now got access to new systems. Am I right in saying? You know, I've got AdStream, uh, you've got Adlytics, etc. So let's just talk a little bit about those. And again, you know, the benefit for mm. the industry as such. You know, we're talking largely to an industry audience here. So, you know, I always look at these things in a nice way of saying, so what? How does that benefit me? So if you don't mind just talking about access to, to those new tools. Yeah. So AdStream, AdStream is our, our global partner. AdStream is a, a digital asset management company. Um, and MediaHost is the, is the licensee for Africa, um, across Africa. So AdStream is... is it has now actually merged themselves. They've merged with another company and now they are called Extreme Reach. And the, the tools, like I said, it's a digital asset management company. They're responsible for 
um, receiving uh, the assets, the assets being adverts from their clients, and then um, they, as the system and software allows people to, um, allows videos to control where that advert goes to and how it is um, distributed and that, that it, it meets all of the criteria that a client might have. Um, and then it's also from the other product that we have is called Analytics. And Analytics is more of, is a, more of a compliance and, and um, a measurement uh, system or, or reporting that we do on behalf of clients. So once a client has all of the assets out there and the broadcaster and, and the client has a relationship, they've made an agreement on whether or not how, whether the advert needs to be placed or how often it needs to be viewed or how often it has to play on that broadcast station, um, we then help the client and receive, make sure that, that the intended target was reached. Um, if we, through AdStream, so it's a, it's a process, if it comes through AdStream, we send it to the broadcaster and then we help track on behalf of the client whether or not it actually reached its market. Um, quantitatively, was it played the amount of times it was supposed to be played? Was it played in the time slots that was agreed upon? Um, and what did it look like? What was, 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 was it the right ad at the right time? Um, etc. So those are the two ways that um, AdStream and Analytics works together. And that um, Mike Smith, the original founder of, of, of Medios, he really wanted to ensure that the client experience is complete. So that's how AdStream um, was developed in 2011. Or, um, Medios and the relationship with, with um, AdStream came into effect in 2011. But it was Analytics is is the, 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 the is as a result of recognizing that clients didn't know they didn't have any control and they felt unfulfilled and they didn't know whether they could trust um, that what they wanted to achieve was reached. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think that you know that's important, uh, and that you know, if I was thinking back to some of your earlier comments. Uh, a lot of agencies work with the POE model, paid, owned, earned, and a lot of attention goes into the paid component of that and, and monitoring uh, monitoring that, but the owned and earned has traditionally been neglected, um, so it, it needs to be addressed. I mean, I think in the old days, when I started out immediately, you gave me a million bucks, I'd move your brand forward a million bucks, or, you know, with a bit of discounting, maybe I'd move it forward 1.1 million. But in truth, these days, you can give me a million bucks and I can move your brand backwards uh, in the cancel culture by three million. So one needs to monitor the owned and, and earned narrative as well. Um, on the compliance issue, I think that's that's something which has really only crept into the industry in the last 20 years or so. Um, and it's it's critical to have that that compliance. And you say trust, and it's not, it's not even really a, an issue of trust. I think too many clients have, Kind of, I've got hung up on the word trust. You know, you know, I'm checking up on somebody because I don't trust them. It's not that. It's just compliant. It's the six prawn theory. Yeah. It's just a basic discipline. So I think I think it's important to do all those kinds of things. But I think on the analytics side of it as well, it's a bit more than that. Uh, from what I understand, I mean, you, you you can track competitors as well. So traditionally in media, you know, I, I'm asked 
to do, do a post campaign, analyze, you know, the market, and I'll, I'll report share of voice and GRPs and all that kind of stuff, which, you know, even if I put a, you know, a, a Davy Crockett hat on and, and, and a speedo, it's difficult to make entertaining. You know? But <laughs> if you're looking at that against the context of this is what the competitor spent, but this is the, the message he had when he was spending in that place, that becomes magic, you know. And I think uh, it's crucial that we recognize the, these different disciplines all contribute ultimately to, to better decision making. You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, um, the software and technology that we're using is just amazing. And, and that's the reach of the work that we're doing. In, we have, we're operating in 22 countries, right? And we have over 500 broadcast channels that we're monitoring uh, and 406 television stations that we are monitoring across Africa. So you can imagine that that is a lot of information that you have to filter and 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 align and when you're looking at your competitors in that market um you really you can't have your eyes on everything so you you really do want a partner that understands that getting that information is critical for for me to make good sound business decisions um and also how i spend my money in advertising moving forward what is the point of advertising um on a channel or one of the you know a highest one of the channels with with the most views but it's not necessarily the audience that I want to reach so understanding where you're positioning yourself and where your where your competitors you want to be in the same space as your competitors and you want to be heard you know a connection needs to be made an alternative needs to be made or a choice needs to be made so why would you want to be in a space where your competitors or where you are not present, your competitors are speaking, but you're not present. Um, it, there's so many exciting things and technologies that we're using um, that gives you that market overview so much quicker and in real time in, in, in many instances. Yeah, look, I mean, I think the, the role of, uh, of audience selection and placement is a planning thing. And to be, you know, to be honest, I think any agency worth its salt will get that right up front. Um, I'm not sure that after the fact you can you you can adjust it. Uh, it's really something you should get right up front. But you know, on the issue of, of competitors, you know, competitors uh, don't always get things right. And sometimes when I see what my clients' competitors are getting up to, I go out and celebrate with a beer because it's complete rubbish. So I don't always want to be where they are. I don't make the R priori assumption that they are in the right place. I'm, I'm an absolutist. You know, do what's right for you. And then, you know, you can sense check it against competitors. But I, I don't always assume my competitors are right. That, that's for sure. Maybe that's just arrogance. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I understand. Sometimes you might want to make that decision or, or differentiate yourself from where your competitors are, most definitely. And what, in, what we are saying is that if you, if you have, if you are converting your market share and you realize that, you, you know, you're also looking at whether or not your competitor is successful in what they're selling. And if they are advertising in one space and they are successful in advertising in that space, a couple of decisions, that's a strategic decision. It's not made on a daily basis, but strategically, you might want to reevaluate at a later stage. Where do you want to position yourself? And why is your competitor doing better in 
this field versus yourself? Yeah, I think yeah, and quickly, I'm going to hand back to Doc. Yeah, sorry, thanks, Gordon. Can I just, think, just comment on that before? Sorry, yeah. just uh, time delays. I just wanted to comment on that. Um, uh, no, it's fine. You go ahead. I'll, I'll say no, 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 go for it. Go for it. Go for it. It's, I, th I think, on the performance, I mean, attribution modeling is attribution modeling, you know, um, but it's linking the performance against the owned and earned narrative. That's the part, I think, where your uh, analysis and tracking assists. I, I can track and do attribution modeling audience against sales. That's what we do in media. But what, what I don't track is that negative narrative or the degree to which I'm pushing a positive narrative. I think that's the new uh, the new magic uh, lens that is brought into the equation. So that part of it, I, I really like. Sorry, Doctor. Yeah. No, not at all, Gordon. I just think, you know, just, uh, I, I mean, I think what we're all saying, and, and Shanaz, I'm, I'm looking at a, at a, a release where you were quoting in terms of, you know, just through the pandemic, and I think it's true of many companies globally, people have adopted technology a lot more than ever before and the use of real data and real insights, etc. And I think all you, you're both saying is, is be aware of what's going on there. We've got more tools now, more companies now to do it, uh, and it's a question of use. use. You know, I've, I've said it before, I think on this podcast, it's no use collecting data and, and choosing not to use it. You know, I always, when I was at school and university, I had this fear with exams, and so I'd always photocopy the previous year's papers, but I never worked through them. But I always felt better because I had that, you know. And people would then say, why aren't you working through it? And I had a hundred reasons why I didn't. But And that's often what I see in adult life. You know, the tools are there, more tools, more use of technology, more data, more insights, more experts. But people choose not to use them or use them incorrectly. And I think the, the lesson, I guess, for everybody out there, and it's far better for me to give them a lesson, just a suggestion, is to familiarize yourself in a fragmented, I mean, we've been saying media is fragmented for 20 years, you know, yet every year we say it's like it's a new concept. Jeez, it's this fragmentation of media, but use the tools. Should yeah. I change the a little bit? Uh, and just moving on towards macro issues. I mean, your take on the market, I see you, you've made it public in, in your release that you want to go to other parts of the continent uh, aggressively, but let's just talk about South Africa for a second. Uh, the state of the of the market uh, in terms of the size of growth, uh, and then just changes, you know, as you see. So wherever you'd like to start, let's just get a snapshot view of uh, of your take of the SA market. Yeah, I, I mean, like it's a it's a, the in, the industry is, um, but at, from the media monitoring perspective, the industry is a small niche market. It's not it's 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 not necessarily. Um, very large. I mean, there's there's 15 well-known companies, or there's about 15 companies operating in the media monitoring space alone. Um, and and prior to 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 pay, um, there was maybe three or four major companies that were working on media monitoring. There were those were the go-to companies um, that had been operating um, in media monitoring for for decades. And when we came in, when we came in, we were competitive in pricing, we were using technology, we were faster in terms of delivering on, on real-time media, so turning over stories and getting out, out the story back to our clients as soon as it's, it's within a day of what could be happening or even sooner. Um, and also, like I mentioned, we had this customer-driven um, relationship. Um, 
and and so in the market the market then started to recognize that you know in order to they had to change in order to meet this new and and and, and faster expectation with technology coming in everybody kind of of, of really adopted technology as the way to do it um and it's a lot of information. I mean, like we monitor over 3,000 publications in South Africa alone. Um, and those are print and magazines and, and newspapers that we monitor on a daily basis. And then we monitor um, radio stations and through media hosts, we've expanded that, as I mentioned, to, you know, stations across Africa. So we're offering our clients a, a full bouquet of media and, 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 and also the insights attached to that. Um, in, in terms of the advertising market, and, and the advertising market, as we all know, um, is really changing quite significantly, you know, in with regards to social media and the consumption of media on social media platforms. Um, including, and, and for the first time globally, um, this, this expectation that advertising spend will be highest on the internet than ever before, and television and radio spin will reduce. Um, that's not necessarily the case for us in South Africa, because we still have a lot of, of um, value attached to um, radio and broadcast advertising in South Africa. So even though the market is shifting towards more and more spin on social media, South Africa is different in that. We still use, uh, we still try and reach um, the audiences that are not part of the metropolitans, and we go out into more rural and local communities um, through broadcast. So it's it's a shifty market. It's a very fast-paced market change, um, but it is definitely uh, it's a growing market, a space um, across uh, South Africa and across the globe. Um, in in South Africa alone, they're expecting that it will. Um, increased by billions, three billion, I, I believe, um, of total spend in 2022 alone. Great, thanks. So no, I think I, it's interesting points there, you know. And I think um, the narrative that I'm seeing though globally is that there's there's a strong comeback from traditional media. There's that we've talked about it often, Doc. This fusion zone. There's a growing realization that. Uh, the old traditional media and, and uh, the digital media have a have different functionalities and, uh, and and need to be used in tandem. And I mean, we've commented before, I, I find the most intriguing development of all, the one company in the world that, I, I, that you would think doesn't require traditional media is now the, the number one advertiser in traditional media in the world, and that's Amazon. Amazon is the biggest advertiser in the world, and, and that kind of blows my mind. So, you know, I... I think there's a, there's a recovery in traditional media, but it, it's a balanced recovery, which which is uh, which well, makes life interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's that, that is important, you know, to to look at those different markets and um, you know, as they're absorbing media and uh, and and advertising and messaging in different formats. And you're right, you know, I think it's a it's a blended approach that that ultimately, and it's just a question of which buckets it is in, in that blended approach. You know, if I look at some media that I I don't know if they'll make a comeback to their heydays, 
uh, cinema as an example of that. You know, I, I, besides the big releases, uh, it's just it's just so tough. You know, I, I was having a debate the other day about a big release of, of the new Top Gun. I, I believe it was this week or last week, but that's the problem. I believe it was. You know, it's it's got to be one of yeah. the big releases of the well, year. And, and so, you know, it's tough then to sell the advertising like it once was. And so I think that's maybe a traditional media type that's become a bit of a Cinderella. But as you say, you know, the other ones have changed. You know, you walk on on um, Piccadilly Circus and Times Square and all the rest of it. All of it's just digital now, but it's still outdoor, you know. And, and I've also seen a lot of your posts, Gordon, in terms of clever outdoor, you know what I mean? Uh, not just outdoor for the sake of outdoor. Yeah, now I just wanted to say, I mean, like, even if you are cons- consuming like traditional media, you, it's, it's interesting because it is, it is a merge or, or a mashup of you consuming it through new technology. Mm-hmm. So, and people are spending like eight to eight to 12 hours on their phone alone. Mm-hmm. So they might be watching movies, you know, a traditional movie, or they might be streaming, um, a, where you previously used to switch on your TV and watch uh, SABC, you could be streaming that directly to your phone. So it's not that they're not consuming traditional media, it's just the vehicle that they're using is different. So, and and, and the are still spaces and, and how people interact with it. And you will see that even, it, you know, the, the conversation about Netflix and the conversation about um, um, YouTube, you know, um, pay for advertising or no advertising, but you pay for it. So there's still ch- there are people. There's this changes, and 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 there's no way of getting away from the advertising. That they're just looking at different ways for people to be exposed to it. Um, and yeah. I think in those in those different formats, uh, there's a growing realization that you have to look at the mood state. So research is very very clear that you know when I'm viewing uh, the screen at home. Uh, in my, my large versus the, my mobile device, my mood state and my, and my, my visual res- response to visual cues is very, very different. So we, we need to understand the behavioral science about it. And that's the same with cinema. It's, it's not, you know, that the medium itself uh, is not delivering. It's but lifestyles have changed. You know, yeah. I mean, in my, in my day, going to movies was the most critical thing in the world because that's the only place you ever got to kiss a girl you know, that your parents couldn't see. So I saved up money. I didn't actually care what movie I went to half the time, you know. But now I live in the metaverse. So my avatar is snogging your avatar. What do I care? You know, it's a, it's a, personally, I think it's a tragic development. But so and until cinema recreates the magic of yeah. a relationship and, and an event, it's, it was an event, I, I don't think cinema should be classified as an audio-visual offering, I think it's an outdoor event. It's like going to going to watch rugby or going to the Cape Town Sevens. It's an event, and you've got to treat it like an event. Yeah, definitely. And I and also I just wanted to come back to like um, recognizing the relationship between your brand and your own and earned um, media, right? So you go out and you advertise, and and you you're trying to create a, a, a narrative that is positive, that it, it it it's beneficial for you, right? And then um, as Gordon was mentioning, the exciting part for us about this this work, working in conjunction with understanding what your brand is intending, and work and, and then bringing in this additional information to see whether or not they they, they match up 
you know, is, is your media campaign exactly the same as your communications campaign? Are your teams speaking to one another? That's exciting. That's really exciting. And I'll give you an example about it. So I, I'm not I'm not sure, I mean, like it's been all over the globe, but the, 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 the case between Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. So one of the, the elements of the court case was that they actually brought social media monitoring experts on board to measure how the impact of the statements that were made by either one of the parties impacted on the media exposure or them economically. And that is, that is a real thing. That is something that actually businesses and companies are doing. Are the, the media measures that they're putting in place monitoring what the impact is on the brand at all times? Um, and one of the examples was initially when Amber Heard accused Johnny Depp of being responsible for domestic violence. Yeah. And from that moment, you can go back into the archives of history, internet history, and you can track every conversation related to this in social media, broadcast, television, radio. And you can track moments where information was deliberately put out to impact an event. So Gordon was speaking about movies and, you know, how, why a movie, or the reason why movies are such a, an example of what has changed. We, she initially released public information during the, the premiere of a, or the upcoming premiere of her movie in order to boost interest in herself and in the movie. So it is, it's, it's amazing that we can, one, we can go back into history and monitor these conversations and come back and say, this is what they were doing deliberately, or there were spikes here, or that, you know, what was, you can actually monitor the conversation and you can link it to an event or to an intentional brand um, moment for them. And, and is it positive? positive for them? Is it negative for them? What what was the outcome of that information being released into the media? Um, and, and and the question always is, is, is that statistical or is it, can you actually attach it to your economics? And I think more and more we're finding that by using technology, we can, we can actually, you can, you can measure behavior, you can measure um, um, economics, you can social impact, all of these things, they're becoming better understanding yeah I, I think you, and you can connect the dots because there's so many you know data input uh, uh, input points now that you can you create uh, mega samples from a from a single event which would normally just be one single event on a news channel or whatever it's, it's, there are multiple sources that can verify it. but uh, as for Johnny Depp and Amber Heard quite frankly uh, if they were my children I would just send them to the rooms and tell them to come mm-hmm. out when they could behave like grown-ups that's you know, I mean, now we've got Kate Moss. Doug, it's got messy. Kate Moss is there as Johnny Depp's character witness, for heaven's sakes. I mean, you know. <laughs> it's Hollywood, boy. Yeah. The world of tinsel time. It's Hollywood. You're quite right. It's Hollywood. You're right. You're, you're, the, you're the James Bond mountain man. I mean, you, you're, a Hollywood, you're a Hollywood expert. Yeah, but James Bond is real, uh, Gordon. He, he's real. He's got... <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if Sean Connery was still James Bond, there wouldn't be a war in Ukraine. Yes, exactly yes. right. Now, guys, as much fun as it is to chat, and uh, we can, 
we're running out of time. Shanaz, thanks very much. Well done on your merger. Uh, both Gordon and I obviously wish you well as the new group CEO. Fantastic. Um, thanks again for your time. Uh, and then just please, in closing, how do people, if they want to interact with you, how do they get hold of you? Uh, do, do you? Are you on social platforms? Is it best to get hold of you on mail? What What is the best way? If you want to learn anything about, um, well, if you want to learn more about me, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on, uh, and, and that is the best place to find my professional information about me as an individual. But if you would like to learn more about um, Medios, you can go to www.mediahost, M-E-D-I-A-H-O-S-T, or if you want to learn more about PEAR, you can visit us at PEAR, P-E-A-R, Excellent. Shanaz, thanks very much uh, for that. And we welcome our listeners, as we always do, to be part of the conversation. Get all the Shanaz and her team, find out what they do. Gordon, I'm going to leave you to close us out. And uh, then I will, from my side, catch everybody next week. Thank you, guys. Yeah, Shanaz, once, once again, uh, thanks for, uh, for joining us, Shanaz. A really interesting discussion. And as I uh, said, for me, seeing you playing that the OE part of the POE model is, is really interesting. And to all the listeners out there, let's keep talking. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Matthias. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond and hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.